Okay, well, it has already been an amazing morning. I want to move right into getting our next guest on the air. Uh, Our next guest is Frank McKinney. And hang on one second, and I will get him on the air. Okay, good morning. Is this Frank? Hi, Chickie. Good morning. Wow, this is been fun just listening into that previous uh, interview. Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, my friend Rini Cavallari, who is the one who uh, actually founded this camp, uh, has just taken uh, a real long-term view of, of what it takes to make women who have strong self-esteem and that you have to begin when they're young. And so she's created this terrific camp uh, that teaches uh, these 12- to 17-year-old girls everything from – uh, the social side of things, the spiritual side of things, uh, certainly the physical of taking better care of their bodies and, and learning about how their bodies are changing during that time, and also financial, which I think is really amazing. And, and you and I are going to talk a bit about business and faith in the marketplace and uh, about giving and giving back. And uh, one of the things, well, there were a lot of things that attracted me to having you on the show. First of all, you were recommended my, by my very, very dear friend. Svetlana Kim, uh, who mm-hmm. I've had as a guest on my show, and also just the fact that you were uh, at Bob Berg's uh, Extreme Makeover, which I just so wanted to be there. I've never wanted to be two places in, in one time as much as that weekend. I, I had another commitment, but uh, I'm already getting it on my calendar for next year. So, Good. Frank, tell us a little bit about you. Oh, let's see. I'm just a sinner saved by the grace of God. I Absolutely. Uh, I... I came down to Florida after going to four high schools in four years, and it wasn't by choice. Jakey, I was asked to leave one after the next until I graduated with a 1.8 grade point average and, and hopped off a plane in sunny South Florida with a $50 bill in my pocket at, at the age of 18 without the hopes of pursuing a formal education. And then I talk about seeking one's professional highest calling. You're, you know, what is your highest calling in life? And at 18, um, I didn't know what it was, but I knew what it wasn't, and it wasn't being this you know, troublemaking juvenile delinquent right. bouncing from school to school. I wanted to leave a legacy, and so I, uh, I started uh, at a $4-an-hour job digging sand traps on a golf course. I was moved to the tennis courts where I maintained those. I happened to be around affluence when I was uh, at the impressionable age of 18, 19, 20, you know, kind of the lifestyles of the rich and famous days of Robin Leach. And uh, I, I was around people who were involved in, in real estate, or who made their fortune, I should say, in real estate. And so I followed their path. And in 1986, I came off the tennis court. As a, I, I was a teaching uh, tennis pro for a while. I, I started to invest in real estate 23 years ago and bought my first little $50,000 fixer-upper and made it the nicest little uh, crack house on the block because it was a bad house in a bad neighborhood. That was a, made. I made a nice house in a, in a bad neighborhood. Sold it and made seven grand. And then from that point forward, uh, we for, for for five years we did no, no houses worth more than a hundred thousand uh, dollars. In the 1991, we moved onto the oceanfront in, in Palm Beach County and started uh, building beautiful mansions on speculation, meaning we build them without a buyer in mind. And, and right. we started at 2.2 million dollars, and now today we we've created the largest and most expensive certified green home in the world at 29 million dollars and 15,000 square feet. 
That's so my professional what story. happens to a young guy who, you know, has come from that background, ends up uh, in, in the midst of all that opulence and all that money? Um, where, where do you go from there? It, you well, know, do you feel like you've achieved at that juncture? No, I, you know, no, no way. I mean, what, what we're achieving through our Caring House Project Foundation right now, which is uh, our, our foundation that we've had since 1998 that builds entire self-sufficient villages, primarily in Haiti, um, that that takes up it, nearly half of my my waking hours, my working time. Uh, so so the the I guess the mansions that we build now, yes, you know what what I create is artistry on a sun drenched canvas called the Atlantic Ocean. And these houses, uh, you go to our our website, which is just frank-mckinney.com, and you can see some of the most beautiful homes you'll ever see. And and we're, that's my gift from God is is that I, I don't I'm not a Van Gogh or Renoir or Monet I don't paint but what I do create is artistry that you can happen you happen to be able to live in, and we're pretty well known around the world for doing so. But those will crumble. Those will be demolished at some point. It's right. the legacy that we're leaving over with these families, taking them from desperation to hope, from what I call survival to thrival. Uh, that's what to me it's all about. Wow. Well, tell me a little bit more about this whole sustainable uh, village because, you know, I am absolutely uh, enthralled by the concept that you don't just go in and build homes for these people who, you know, don't have a place to live. You actually create an environment where their lives can change. And uh, I have a passion for helping people understand uh, entrepreneurialism and, and how to uh, really change their lives through, you know, taking control of, of their own talents and channeling those, you know, using the gifts that God uh, has given them and would love to know how I can participate in, in, in helping you in that project. Well, let, let's help those who you're helping really first by helping them understand as an entrepreneur, a business owner, somebody who wants to make it big, that the sooner we realize that God rewards responsible stewards with the more that we all pray for, the more health, wealth, happiness, love, relationships, peace, whatever it is, the more that we pray for, for more for ourselves or those that we love, why is it that some people's prayer for more, prayers for more are answered when others go unanswered? And I've learned, and I reflect this in my great new book called The Tap, which is really an expansion upon the biblical passage from the Gospel of Luke, to whom much is entrusted, much is expected. Once you understand that and, and interweave that into your business plan, it is a part of my way of doing business. It is not God is not meant for one hour on Sunday. God is invited into the boardroom. He's invited into these decisions. So when I decide to build a $29 million spec home, boy, oh, boy, do I know when that house sells how many little houses I'll be able to build over in Haiti. So when, I, when one can dovetail their professional highest calling with their spiritual highest calling, isn't that the essence of living? And it took me a long time. Believe me, as a young man, I didn't get that. I was all about the bottom line. It was all about the materialistic things and you know, succeeding for the sake of money. And then as I transitioned into a more responsible steward in my mid-30s when we started our Caring House Project Foundation, now it's very simple, Chicky. I, I, I sell to the rich so I can give to the poor. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a legal modern-day Robin Hood where I can live out that childhood fantasy of taking care of those less fortunate through the means by which I make my living. And, and so in Haiti, yes, we, we take uh, – for 
we're building a village in, in Cabaret right now that was devastated by four hurricanes in the 30-month, I'm sorry, a 30-day span last year. And so I am building 60 houses, a clinic, a community center, um, a church, an orphanage, a renewable food, providing renewable food, goats, chickens, pigs, avocados, uh, mangoes, and a fishing cooperative, and re- uh, clean drinking water. Uh, you know, we're talking about t- touching hundreds, hundreds of lives. The average size of a family in Haiti is eight. You know, I, I can build an entire village over there for about three hundred thousand dollars. The average cost of a home in Palm Beach, one home in Palm Beach County. So. You better believe that when I understood that responsible stewardship guaranteed success in the business that we're all in, you know, the business of life, I now make it a part of my my daily plan. Now, Frank, you have written uh, actually three books, but the, this uh, this latest one, The Tap, is the one that really talks about this whole uh, process of, of uh, integrating your faith into your life uh, completely and, and not excluding your business life. And, and I know for a lot of, of business people, and, and particularly those who are incredibly successful, that it's really easy to compartmentalize your life. So, so tell me a little bit more about the tap and, and what really got you to the place where you felt you needed to write that book. Yeah, Chickie, I've actually written five books, and I, the, three, the three new books that I wrote simultaneously that were released all on the same day, three different genres. Wow. One of them, one of the, one of the, it was fun. One of them, I never had writer's block. <laughs> if I did, I just moved from one genre to the next. One of the, the, the tap book was the most significant responsibility I felt in sharing. If you look at the cover of the tap, that is the hand of God coming down off the Sistine Chapel, touching you, the reader, right. on the shoulder. We have these wonderful, life's great tap moments when God does call us to more. We're asking for it. He calls us, yet we feel that tap as an annoyance, as a, like a big fly that's landing on our shoulder that we shoo away because we say we don't have time for others. We don't have time for caring for the less fortunate. It's all about the I and the me instead of the you and the we. And so I felt compelled to share how I have experienced life's great tap moments and and saw in others that I look up to. You know, contrary to the statement you just made about successful people compartmentalizing, there are also those, my mentors, and I'm talking about some that are extremely, you know, on the Fortune top 100 richest people in the world list, that are extremely philanthropic and extremely charitable and understand the responsibility associated with success. And so in the tap... I use a, you know, a, a very obvious high-profile example of Bill Gates. You know, basically in the tap, I say God does reward people who are responsible stewards for what they already have. God does handpick people to become keepers of a larger territory. Bill Gates is a wonderful example. You know, do, you think he, do you think he became the richest person in the world by chance, or do you think God knew right off that he was going to be a responsible steward for the billions of dollars that he was going to make through the invention of an operating system called Microsoft. Right. What most people don't know are the millions and millions of lives that Bill and Melinda Gates saved through their foundation. And 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 Bill and Bono had a great Bono, the lead singer of U2, when he was awarded Time Person of the Year with Bill Gates a couple of years ago, had a great statement that said, you know, Bill Gates will change the world twice, and it's the second act that will be more important than the first. Right. Second act being what he does with his charity. So I think for us as business people to live a a life where we can justify and rationalize compartmentalizing, oh, Chicky, it's only business. 
I had to do it to you because it was only business. No, that's a bizarre behavior. There's only one way to live your life, and I and it isn't compartmentalizing. You can compartmentalize time, but not actions. Right, right. Absolutely. So tell me, tell me what you spoke about uh, in in your talk at Bob Burke's uh, session. Oh, generally. You stood up and shared. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, we talked about, you know, I touched on all the content of, of each of the three books, one being spiritual inspirational, uh, that being the tap, and then the Burst This book, which uh, came out, Burst This, Frank McKinney's Bubbleproof Real Estate Strategies. You know, I've been in this real estate business for 23 years and, and went from that $50,000 fixer-upper to now the most expensive spec homes in the world. And, and the book kind of teaches people how to, Hey, you know what? This this uh, recession we're suffering from—we've been there before. I studied six different real estate cycles, dating back to the mid '70s, to show the reader kind of what to expect when we are in the midst of a downturn and when we're going to correct, and how to look for the, the tea leaves—you know, the low-hanging fruit days that we're in now. And then I wrote a, a young young reader fantasy novel. Um, you know, so I basically just t- talked about the content of the books and, and also what I just shared with you. How, you know, to me, if if you see a responsible business, a successful business person, most likely if they have that legacy kind of net worth, that generational, pass from one generation to the next, they get the concept found behind the tap. I often say, you know, I'm all for this uh, power of attraction, you know, the law of attraction and the secret and all that, but that's very, it's a very materialistic message. You know, right. you cross your legs and hold your fingers together, and a BMW is going to fall down your chimney. Uh, that that's just that's just not how it is. You you can't learn the secret until you've been tapped and you understand the responsibility associated with sharing those blessings. Well, not only that, but you know, I, I think the thing that always hits me with kind of uh, you know what I call the universalist view of of the messages that come across in the Secret and and other similar books. This would be like somebody looking at one of these fabulous mansions. Uh, that you have have created through the artistic talent uh, that God has given you, and for them to say that the universe had created that house, and then you know you you sit aside and you say, but no, wait a minute, <laughs> that's a Frank McKinney creation, and and I think the same thing is true about looking at at the laws of attraction, which which are actually God's laws uh, in our lives, and to not attribute it to Him, and He does have a name, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I am not my provider. And I am not, uh, you know, the one who who created my own brilliance, whatever whatever I'm brilliant at. And right. uh, you know, I think it's interesting. But but again, it's like looking at a painting and and not recognizing that there's an artist behind it, and that that artist does have a name. Or looking at a fabulous uh, book that you love, or or even a great wine that you're drinking, and not to acknowledge that there's a wine master behind it. So uh, I love the fact that you have uh, taken a, a set of talents, and uh, that you do acknowledge that uh, that talent uh, didn't didn't just come from inside of yourself. That that it was actually a gift. It was a gift, and it was meant to be used for the benefit of more than just me and my family. Absolutely. And, and we we all have those gifts. You see, I reference in the tap book. Everybody experiences these these tap moments, which is the opportunity to share the more that you want, and the more that you have in order to gain the more that you want. And and it's just so sad when I see people not believing that that is the case. How, how many times have I been asked, especially recently, Chicky, 
how are we going to get out of this mess, Frank? How's the economy going to get out of this mess? How's the real estate market going to get out of this mess? How am I, Frank, woe is me, going to get out of this mess? And I say simply, you're not going to give up, get out of it. You're going to give your way out of it. That's the right. only way in this time you're going to get out of what you're in is, is by giving. And I'm not talking about, you know, maybe you don't have the money to give, but the Bible references the three T's, sharing of the time, talent, and treasure. And, and believe me, for many years before we had the treasure or even the talent, I shared plenty of nights out there feeding the homeless from the back of a beat-up old van. And right. uh, that was, that was, that's what kind of honed my tap muscle, if you will. Well, the interesting thing, Frank, is is over the last six months, and, and my background is, is the travel industry, and I, I've spent 30 years in the travel industry. But six months ago, I got asked by one of my dear friends here in Tampa to start volunteering my time as a mentor in an organization called Real Estate Lives. And as you know from being in Florida, here in Tampa, uh, easily 20% of our economy comes from the combination of commercial and residential real estate, the mortgage banking business, title companies, you know, construction, all of the, the ecosystem within the real estate community. And, you know, it's like, what am I doing, you know, donating my time to this organization? Because, you know, most everybody else who, who is involved in it has a background, uh, you know, in some, some area of real estate. And so I, I found it really interesting when Svetlana uh, told me about you and, and when I saw that, that you were uh, uh, not only deeply involved in real estate, but that you had written some, you know, pretty significant books, uh, including – uh, your maverick approach to real estate success, which I guess was uh, was that one of your earlier books? Yep, that was book number two. Got it. And and uh, so you know, I I don't know how all of these things weave together, but I do know that the Grand Weaver knows. And uh, you know, I just I I love the fact that people are coming uh, into my life that uh, make a lot of the things that have gone on in the last six months make sense to me. Uh, because my husband and I have been in, in a, a very, very difficult time financially, but we have never been closer to each other, never been uh, stronger in our faith, and uh, our family has just taken a really cool turn, uh, and we're looking forward to spending the summer. We've got young kids, even though he and I are uh, both in our 50s. We've got uh, a 9- and 11-year-old. And so, um, you know, it's just it really is amazing what can come out of this time, and I love that you say giving your way out of uh, of where we are is is the path out because I I believe that with all my heart. Well, I, there's a prayer that I pray. First of all, if you have a nine and eleven year old, please um, at, when we're done uh, or, or email me your I think I have your address. I got to send them a Dead Fred book, my little young reader fantasy novel. If they're into those kind of things, oh absolutely. It, it is. There's a great message in that book because the the protagonist, the primary character in that book, is a very shy a very meek and a very timid little girl that's been displaced from Indiana to Florida. And she's charged with this overwhelming task of of uh, ridding the underwater uh, world known as high voltage of a 50-foot prehistoric shark that's come back to life known as a megalodon, had a, had a bite stronger than a T-Rex. And then this little girl, it's a, it's a lesson in building self-confidence. And she has to rid this little, not little, the village from this mega shark. Anyway, so I think it's a great book for kids and parents alike because I've, you know, I've walked my daughter to school, Chicky, every single day since pre-kindergarten, and she is 10. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah, it, and that's just cool. turned 11. And uh, Sergey, we adopted from Russia six years ago, and uh, he just turned nine. 
and they're, they're uh, well, both avid readers. Well, I'm, you, you got to give this book to them because we're going up against the Narnias and the you know the Potters of the world, and and so far so good. I mean, you know the, the creativity and ingenuity and and uh, innovativeness that I bring to the houses, I, I let pour out on this this novel, 336 page novel, and uh, I tell you what, I had more fun writing that, but. Back to the prayer that we that I, I I've recently been praying because like everybody you know I, I'm suffering and, and and I'm I'm in I'm in a survival mode too you know things aren't coming usually Frank McKinney would finish a mega house and, and within weeks of it being done it would be sold right. and there would be and we it would be sold for almost full price based upon the you know the, kind of the brand that is that's not the case anymore and, and so with with the banks being as they are and 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 us you know losing equity and losing you know the value of some of our our portfolio i i concur with what you said about you and your husband having your faith stronger than ever one prayer that i've been praying that really has been working is something to the effect of god for everything that i lost let my faith be strengthened by an equal sum right and it's and it's and you know what what i thought i lost you know what whatever it is that i have left dear, dear god uh, please let me not lose everything. And what I do have left, um, don't let me take for granted again what it is that I have, regardless if it's financial or just you know the the person, people around me that that love me. And then the prayer closes with saying, and please for everything that has been lost from whatever was, let my faith be strengthened by equal sum. And it's 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 amazing how it it works, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know it's so funny because before. My prayer would have been focused on, you know, you know, kind of restoring us financially, just so that we could get, you know, back on top again. And, and you know, I mean, we came from from a, a very, very comfortable place. We've been very, very blessed in my consulting business over the last 13 years. And and now my whole focus is is on philanthropy. And Lord, you know, restore me so I can give. And and it's been so hard not to be able to give uh, in the way that we have wanted to. But I've had to rely on on the time and the talents uh, piece of the 3T puzzle. Uh, and I was sharing on, on my show on Tuesday that, you know, uh, I realized uh, I'm, I'm an avid reader and just have a, a wonderful library. But a lot of the books sitting on my shelf, I'm not going to ever read again. And so I've started throwing those in the trunk of my car. And, and one of the things about homeless people is – you know, it's a long day out there living on the streets, and uh, now I, I uh, share my books with them, and and now I see these homeless people sitting out reading on the corner, and you know, and and so they have time to actually invest back in themselves, because uh, a lot of the books that I share are books that are uh, you know are, are inspirational. So uh, anyway, that that's just what's been going on 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 uh, our side of things. Great, great to hear that, and I'll say that's what I call. A tap moment. <laughs> so, so tell me about some of the other stories that you tell uh, in in the book, The Tap. What are, what are some of those other kinds of tap moments that we need to be uh, sensitive to in our lives? Well, let me turn to one of my favorite chapters in the book, which is uh, Chapter Nine, and I have this small little uh, I think it's in Chapter Nine, small little checklist of um, uh, small taps. Let me just find it here. It's, uh, the chapter is titled "Say Yes More Than No," and it. Uh, I'm sorry, that's chapter six. And as we're learning to feel the tap, because it does not come naturally for many of us, I've got this little um, 
uh, nine small tap moment opportunities that you turn into a list and you carry in your wallet and see how long it takes you to check them off your list. Very small, very simple. Like, hey, Frank, I can't build a village in Haiti. That's just way beyond me right now. Okay, good. We don't start there. And we have a, a little blog on the-tap.com where people share their life tap moments. Uh-huh. Number one, replace store merchandise that's been dropped on the floor. Walking down the aisle, you see store merchandise, pick it up, put it on the hanger. Number two, graciously accept some kindness from a stranger. Number three, carry someone else's purchase out of the out to the car for them. Number four, refer a client to a competitor. Number five, tip the custodian in the airport and express your thanks. Number six, write a thank you note with gratuity for hotel housekeeping. Number seven, compliment the cook at a fast food restaurant and tip them five dollars. Number eight, let someone with children cut ahead of you in line at the grocery store. And number nine, drop some change in someone else's parking meter. So this is all, those are very simple, but it's all a conditioning exercise to prepare you for you know, greater, more significant tap moments. And when you do those little things, like I've taught my daughter to do that since she was as little as I can remember. We're at the, you know, at Denny's. And she would pick her up, and I used to hold her up over the counter and make sure she gave that short order cook that $5 tip. Now, wherever we go, if we're traveling to an airport or at a hotel, and she sees somebody who's not paid attention to, who's, you know, busting the tables, who's, you know, probably actually down here from Haiti, she will make sure, Daddy, can I have a dollar or $5 or whatever to go to give to that person? Wow. And so, you know, you know and that, that's just passing it from one generation to the next, but in the, in the book, I teach people how to really condition themselves to live a tapped life. And and how good does it make us feel? I mean, honestly, that is a wonderful starting point. The other thing I reference in the book is there are seven stages to feeling the tap. Uh, and and I'll, I'll go through them very quickly. Number number one is complete oblivion. Uh, there are people out there, believe it or not, who don't know that the concept of sharing one's blessings even exists. So hopefully you're not at that Stage two is awareness but not wanting to participate. Uh, and, you know, we see plenty of those people. Stage three is uh, awareness, participating, but grudgingly. I'm an usher at a 6.45 a.m. mass at my church, and I see people take that dollar when I'm passing the collection plate, crunch it up, you know, to the size of an M&M, and stuff it in the collection basket with a scowl on their face. You don't want to be stage three. Stage four is I, I, will, I will give, but I want to make sure I'm recognized, and people are looking at me, and I get recognized for sharing the tap. Number five is I'll give when the getting's good. In other words, when I'm doing good, I'll share. When I'm not, I won't. Then we break through. Six and seven, they're very similar where um, they become tap moments. We we invite them into our life. We we make them a part of our business plan. And and that's something where... uh, you know, it's it, it, these small little things I reference here, or it's making sure that, like you just referenced, the three T's in the Bible, we are out there. And now, yes, I, I understand, I'm sensitive to these, these tap moments come to us with more frequency. And also, when that happens, and we act on them, Chicky, not just experience them, but we act on them, right. that's when they become larger. Right. So th- there's a great chapter that takes you through those seven cycles and how to move yourself from one level to the next. Well, I can't wait to read the tap. And and one of the things that I, uh, again, I've I've got a couple of passions on this front, and one is uh, precisely what you described with your daughter, and that is leaving the legacy with my children and many other children of figuring out 
how to give of their time, their talents, and their treasures. And uh, I, I have set up a, a charity that my daughter uh, will head up called Kids for Humanity. And, and my goal isn't to actually be the one administering um, you know, money and, and figuring out what, what uh, you know, projects to support and to actually do the production of, of those projects, but to become a junior charity, to let kids have a hand in helping uh, in the things that they're talented in that will help an already established charity uh, get to the next level. And, and the, the whole motto of this is that helping hands come in all sizes and that it's not just being able to write that check, whether it's for you know $5,000 or $100,000 or putting that dollar uh, in, in the plate at church, but really being able to figure out how to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And you know that is clearly what I am observing in, in your behavior and in writing uh, the book, The Tap, and, and sharing that with others. And um, I just I find it uh, inspiring. So thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening to the tap, responding to the tap, and handing it on. And uh, I uh, look forward to the day when when we can meet face-to-face and uh, that I can learn a little bit more from you. Well, feel free to use the books as, you know, giveaways to people. Anytime you just email us and we'll send you up some to your, your office there and you can use them as incentives or whatever for your program because you have, you have the audience that would really benefit from uh, from reading the tap, I'm sure, and I encourage people to go to learn more about the tap to our website, which is frank-mckinney.com. And I uh, I need to get one of the Dead Fred books in the mail here. Well, that would be great. And I did send you my address. And I, I also head up a uh, a group called the Executive Girlfriends Group, and I've got over 325 executive women, primarily in the travel industry and those industries that support. Uh, the travel uh, uh, industry. So I would like to share with them uh, about your book and uh, perhaps get you as a, a guest. Uh, we have a little vignette uh, time on, on a 90-minute call that we have on Fridays, and we have uh, you know 10 to 15 minutes where we have a speaker uh, talk about different things. And uh, lately we've had a lot of people talking about charities, so I would love for you to talk about your, your caring uh, home project, and uh, I will be in touch with you to schedule that. Okay. Well, great. Thanks for having me today, and and I'm really glad to have met you. Oh, Frank, it's been a real blessing and uh, a privilege. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care.